This episode of Everyone's Gay is presented by Bon and Viv Spiked Seltzer. Mask. Oh yeah, my that's, god. That's my mask radio voice. I love Bon and Viv Spiked Seltzer. It's delicious. I have always loved Spiked Seltzer. I live for Spiked Seltzer and I drink it as a substitute for beer. Yeah, me too, actually, because I am gluten-free, and it is gluten-free. Yeah, I'm not gluten-free, but I am gay, so that's (laughs) why I don't love beer, but it does make my stomach hurt, but Spike Seltzer does not make my stomach hurt, and I can drink it a lot. It's light and refreshing, it's low-calorie, zero grams of sugar, and has a variety of delicious flavors. Chris, what's your favorite flavor? I'm always a bitch for cranberry, but Mm. I also, I mean, I don't dislike any of them. I know. It's actually like, sometimes when you actually really love the product, it's harder to talk about it because you love it so much. Yeah, no, like I actually was drinking. This isn't fake. This I've posted about this uh, a lot before anything even, you know, came to fruition with them. And honestly, this is my favorite sponsor because I love drinking it and yeah it's available in stores nationwide this bon and viv spike seltzer it's delicious so go buy it in stores nationwide look for the mermaid the program we are about to present is a report on the gay liberation movement Betches Media presents Gay 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 and lesbian Homosexuals come together Twyla 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 Everyone's gay Bless God and bless the gays Hi guys, I'm Chris Burns. I'm Brian Russell Smith, and this is Everyone's Gay. That was a good one, Chris. Thank you so much. That was fun and new. Thank you. I was trying something different. <laughs> guys, make sure you stick around for our interview with Lady Bunny and Chris Mokarbel. Mukarbel. 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 I keep fucking that up because I think I would have gotten it right if Lady Bunny didn't tell me to, to rhyme it with horrible because it doesn't look like horrible. Mukarbel. Horrible. Mukarbel. Horrible. Mukarbel. Um, they or. have this really amazing documentary that's out on HBO right now called Wig. It's all about the drag scene and the 80s and now. It's And it centers around um, wig stock. It's fucking awesome. Um, so make sure you check out the interview and then also our... Listener question at the end. Yes, bitch. Uh, it was a gag of an interview. Yeah. Chris was literally gagging. I was gagging the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Chris, how are you? How was your weekend? My weekend was good. I went home. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. You, you had a refresh. Do you feel refreshed? Honestly, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to. It was nice to be home. Mm-hmm. But I came back and I was like, well, this is exactly the same way I was feeling before. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's okay. I get my seasonal depression in the summer. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's just what's <laughs> happening. Yeah. I get seasonal depression all four seasons. Yeah. A summer. There's like maybe like a week in the spring and a week uh-huh. in the fall. Not not consecutive. Mm-hmm. Maybe five or six <laughs> days in the fall. <laughs> five or six days in the spring that I don't feel depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was good. I have a wedding tonight when this Un- comes out. Oh, okay. Um, which is that like a very fancy place. So I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Free um, alcohol, free food. free top shelf alcohol, Michelin star chef. Oh, yes, bitch. I'm excited. Not a rich bitch. This um, person must be. Yes. Well, her parents, I think. Yeah. Which same tomato, tomato for me, bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you? I'm good. I'm fine. I was in Fire Island all weekend. Um, I'm trying to get all this work done because I'm going away for two weeks and I'm fucking stressed. Yeah. Brian's abandoning me. 
Um, so I'm ha- gonna have to record with a guest host, uh-huh. who's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, she's we know who she worst. is, right? Yeah, she's confirmed. Yeah, unfortunately. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm excited for her. <laughs> but Darren will be here. Darren Carpe Darren. Carpe Darren will be here. Yeah. Um, did you yeah. catch the new Taylor Swift song and video? I did. I sure did. Are you, so are you? So we actually watched that Taylor Swift Reputation tour documentary together. Yes, and that was great and fine. Yeah. So we, I, I'm always um, like a little torn with Taylor Swift in that I don't like her, but then sometimes I find myself like finding an occasional bop mm-hmm. of hers. So which 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 side of it are you on right now? I'm pretty indifferent towards her. I think the music video was great for a lot of gay icons Mm -hmm. past and present. I thought there was some interesting things. Like I thought the fact that the bad guys were like toothless, like trash bags that Mm -hmm. were supposed to live in a trailer park. I was like, okay, well that's a little, a little offensive, a little offensive. Also like, but they were also living in a trailer park, Taylor Swift people. Yeah, but it wasn't the same. And we both know that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because she doesn't live in a trailer and yeah. we know that those types of people except for like Lana Del Rey allegedly. She's never lived in a trailer. Casey Musgraves, same trailer, different park. Yeah, fair. But she also grew up in a different way than Taylor Swift moved to LA when she was like yeah, 13. Um, Nashville. But well, yes. whatever. I thought that it was interesting also that it ends with her like squashing her beef with Katy Perry I'm like, okay. I did find it interesting how she, in this song, like, there's all these, like, references to, like, like, why are people hating gay people, like, just mellow out, like, you need to calm down. But she's also, like, equating her struggle as, like, a, yeah. as a woman and a pop, as, like, a pop star to, like, people, like, dragging her online to, like, the oppression of gay people. Yeah. Which is a little problematic to me. I do love Taylor Swift. I think the music video is very... The thing about it is it's not it's not an amazing music video. It's like, yes. Do you know what it is? It has a fucking humongous budget. They were able to get all those queen, all those people on that in that video just to be seen, paid for them to get there just to be seen, paid for them, paid for them to be there, probably paid for them to be in it. I'm sure a lot All of that stuff. There is no like I'm not like, oh, my God, this is a creative uh, epiphany. This music video. I'm just like, oh, wow. She has a fuck ton of money. Yeah. And I, I, I like it better than her other song that just came out. The me one. Yeah. I think it's fine. The song's fine. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about her. I do fine. love, I do love that she is now doing political stuff and yeah. making a difference. Like, you know, Lady Bunny talked about this. We talked, we asked her what she thought in the interview portion. She talked about how, um, she had shared something about the Equality Act passing and then like not many people cared and Taylor Swift does something about it and like ask people to like sign a petition and donate here. And a lot of people do it. Yeah. So she's doing something positive, but you she know, she also has like a different fan base than lady bunny. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. But I guess, I mean, whether or not it's correct, like obviously Taylor Swift is going to have a lot of pull on yeah. young people and older people. So it is good. I think that she's making more political statements these days, um, whether or not they're exactly the right way to do it. It's just funny how people don't get jokes 
we posted this we posted this tweet from the onion on our instagram it says taylor swift inspires teen to come out as a straight woman needing to be at center of gay rights narrative and i kind of did this knowingly that people would come to her defense and start a conversation because then it boosts engagement and more people come mm-hmm. to my page. I also tagged Taylor Swift in it because I was a shady bitch. Mm-hmm. And all these people are commenting like, I like that she's doing this. And then, like some people are saying she's a narcissist and using it for marketing, which you know, mm-hmm. she may be, but some people, a lot of people are proud of her and a lot of people think she's doing good work for the LGBTQ community. I don't know. I'm on the fence. I wish I just want, but the thing about Taylor Swift, she's very good at marketing However, she's only really started to need to do this in the past couple of years. She released albums and she was recognized for her music. You yeah. know, like Fearless won album of the year at the Grammys. Yeah. Um, it's not like she had some fucking weird marketing thing around that. I mean, I guess Kanye did do that thing. He said, he, like, well, said that Beyonce. was the beginning of That the... was the beginning of it. You know, uh, Speak Now, Red. There's not these like crazy gimmicky marketing tools that she's using. There are there, but they're not as like in your face. Now I feel like she's in my fucking face. Yeah, well, she came from like re- just caring about the music to now she has like feuds with Katy Perry and Kim Kardashian. Yeah. And like, I mean, and that's the other thing is like if you have feuds with all these people, I have the same, I have the same approach to Nicki Minaj. A lot of people don't have feuds with anyone. If yeah. you have multiple feuds, maybe it's time to like think of like put yourself under the microscope. Yeah, maybe you need to look at yourself a little bit. If you have, if you're the one that's feuding with a lot of people, and you're like, I don't know, people just like to be dramatic with me. It's like who's Lady Gaga being dramatic with? Yeah, who is Beyonce being dramatic with? Rihanna, yeah. even no one. Yeah, that's true. So true icons. I am. Wa- I am so excited for her album. Best revenge is that paper. Yeah, always stay gracious. Um. Uh-huh. So should we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Let's keep it moving. To our pride segment. To our Bon and Viv. Bon and Viv. Spike Seltzer dive into pride segment. Mm-hmm. Um, which today. We're talking we're about, talking drag, about drag culture. Mm-hmm. Brought to you by Bon and Viv. Spike. Uh, I went too quick. You went too quick, but also I can't. Speaking of drag culture, I can't open my can because of my nails. Okay, I'll open it for you. Hold on. Thank you so you much. You have to do the ah, though. Okay. Beautiful. I love that sound. Which flavor are you having today? I am having cranberry and grapefruit because... Yeah, this bitch is really doing it up. This is a two-handed day. I am having pear elderflower. Mm-hmm. And I have a backup of clementine and hibiscus, but... Because she's floral we'll for see spring. We'll get there. And it's groundberry king. Uh... Chris, exactly. Why don't you talk about before? Obviously, we have Lady Bunny here to talk about drag and I know. that all that ish. Um, but Chris, you are no stranger to drag. Ugh, Go, me? <laughs> um, what? Tell me about your drag. Ex- tell tell everyone drag about your drag experience. Started because of you. Well, <laughs> it was it started through a different way, I think, than most drag experiences, and that I started doing. I was doing a lot of comedy and then I did a character of Kim Kardashian in a stage show written by friend of the show, Elise Morales, episode 666, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, episode 666, The Heir to Kardashian Manor, um, was when I first wore a dress and a wig and all of it, like as a full get up. Mm-hmm. And it just felt right, baby. <laughs> I've never taken uh-huh. off my fake nails. No, but it, like, honestly, it did make me feel so like it did. It felt like right. And I was like, oh, this is what I like 
want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started doing the videos, obviously, for Betches. And then when, like, Fat Carrie Bradshaw kind of started gaining more followers on Insta as Fat Carrie Bradshaw, people started, like, booking me for shows as Fat Carrie Bradshaw. And then I realized that they were expecting me to do, like, drag things mm. as opposed to just comedy things. So now if I get booked for shows, I'm, like, pretty blatant. Like, what do you do you want me to be uh, in drag or not? Yeah. Because um, people will, like, beat around the bush about it. They'll be like, so, um, do you think, you're gonna be coming in a wig <laughs> and like do you want me to come in a wig um which i'm all here for but people do forget it takes like two hours to get ready when you have to yes do that but i was thinking about it today actually on the way here that i fucking love doing drag i love wearing nails and i love wearing makeup i texted my friend the other day just being like the best part about being gay openly is the makeup <laughs> for me <laughs> like I don't know. I just feel like I guess I feel lucky that I can or that I've built the confidence to walk around and make up in heels and nails and everything. Um, and that I think has carried over into my other life. Mm-hmm. Um, also, lip syncing is just fucking fun because I feel like a pop star, but I'm not actually singing. <laughs> well, I feel like it's, you know, now with Drag Race, especially being so popular, you can't fucking throw your shoe at a gay bar without hitting a drag queen. Amen. Can I have a taste of your Bon and Fifth crayon while you're speaking? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like trying to go out on Thursday night is during drag race season is fucking impossible. Mm, the cranberry is actually very good. I love. Yeah, um, this, I think I, I like the cranberry a lot. The, oh no, you mean I the Bon and Viv? Yeah, the bon- cranberry. Yeah, Not just. The, I don't like. <laughs> I don't like the the fruit. Is it a fruit berry? Cranberry. Yeah, it's a fruit. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can't agree with you more that now drag queens are everywhere. Everyone I meet will be like, oh, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. My drag yeah. name's this. And I'm like, I didn't fucking ask. <laughs> Don't introduce to me as your drag name if I've this, like, what are you talking yeah. about? And I mean, um, yeah, you, you're coming to drag in a, in a different way than a lot of people, right? Because yeah. you're coming in from like a purely A lot of people come up way. through like the bar scene. Mm-hmm. Um, in the comedic way, but also then when I do my makeup, I think because I didn't come up through like the drag scene, but like my female friend taught me how to do makeup and stuff that I am do my makeup more like mm-hmm. womanly than more yeah. than draggy, which a lot of queens have something to say about, but I don't care because that's how I like to do my drag is to look like a fucking beautiful ass woman. Yeah. If that's wrong, I don't want to fucking be right. There you go. You know, like more power to the people that do crazy shit. Yeah. And I maybe lo- someday I will, but that's not what I like doing. I, what I do love about drag queens, I think most of all, is that their goal is to entertain and make people happy. And they make me happy when I see them most of the time. Most of the time. Sometimes I, yeah. sometimes I'm like, okay, I, I, I just wanted to have a conversation, but I'm going to leave now. Yeah, <laughs> there is, I think, some shady, also shady shit that like drag queens. I've met so mm-hmm. many drag queens that are just like mean from the get go yeah. to me. Um, but that's the the life, I guess. Or that's mm-hmm. what people think the life is like. Well, I think sometimes they think I think to be funny, you need to be mean. But that's not necessarily true. Yeah. But there's a way to be mean and funny without crossing a line yeah it depends on who you're talking with you have to like know your relationship yeah. or i can feel people like i've had the queens be like oh you don't shave your arms mm-hmm. and like no i don't shave my fucking arms i don't block my brows 
Because I spend fucking weeks and days on my real brows. I'm mm. proud of that shit, okay? <laughs> not um, going to fuck that up. Like I'm not going to glue that shit back and draw on shitty eyebrows because mine are perfect. I'm actually just going to take a quick sip of your pear elderflower bonnet this by Seltzer. And I'm going to open the second one because now that you put your dirty mouth on it, I'm going to open a different one. <laughs> Ow, I can't get it. <laughs> um, so for more drag stuff and to learn about the documentary wig, stay tuned for our interview and then make sure you stick around for our listener question. <sighs> That's that Clementine hibiscus bonnet bib. So thanks again to Bon and Viv Spike Seltzer, found in a store near you nationwide. Yeah, you can literally just go to the store and buy it. There you go. You don't have to order shit. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you buy things. Or get someone to buy it for you, as long as you're both me over personally? 21. Oh, me? Yes, I get people to buy it for me. Yeah. Um, not because like I'm not of age, but no, because... No, because I'm a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But if you don't have an assistant, <laughs> you can buy it yourself at stores. I'm kidding. I don't have an assistant. Maybe someday. Today's episode of Everyone's Gay is brought to you by Tomboy X. Tomboy X is much more than makers of damn fine, gender-inclusive, comfortable underwear that fits your body and how you see yourself. Their roots run deep in the queer community, and Pride Month is no exception. In celebration of Pride Month, Tomboy X has done it again with their awesome new Rainbow Pride collection. What first caught my eye was their Rainbow Pride sleeveless unisuit. Wear it to Pride. But the whole collection looks amazing, so you need to check it out. For example, Tomboy X Essential Silky Soft Bra or their pride-striped iconic briefs or boy shorts. Everything is fit-tested on all body types, sizes XS to 4X. It feels good knowing that when you shop at Tomboy X, you're aligned with a company that celebrates the fight, the joy, and the stories of all things LGBTQIA. Show your pride with Rainbow Collection at Tomboy X. Go to TomboyX.com gay, enter gay, and get an extra 50% off your first order. Again, Get an extra 15% off when you enter gay at tomboyx.com slash gay. That's tomboyx.com slash gay. Okay, so we're back and we are here with Lady Bunny and Chris McCarbell. McCarbell. I just was like, wait, I look horrible. (laughs) McCarbell. McCarbell. Thank you. Thank you for that, Bunny. That works. Um, And you are... We are so lucky we have not yeah. only the director, but the star of the documentary, Wig. Wig yes. Um, so why don't you just tell us a little bit about what Wig is about? Sure. Yeah. Um, Wig is a documentary that looks at the history of uh, New York City drag, uh, specifically Wigstock. And uh, Wigstock was an annual drag festival in New York City that um, ran from the mid-'80s till the roughly 2001. Mm-hmm. And Lady Bunny had created Wigstock. Um, really, it, it was the first time that the, the city had kind of experienced drag in the daylight. Mm-hmm. It was this like citywide festival, almost like a Mardi Gras. And by the time at its height of it, thousands of people were showing up from all over the city and uh, really set the groundwork for what became popular drag uh, in the world now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Bunny, for those who haven't seen it, how did Wigstock come about? The festival or Wig the film? The festival. Well, the festival. Both, oh, but the festival we were at the first. Pyramid Club, which was a drag-owned and operated uh, club in the East Village. There was a band show right across the street. It was easy to get a permit back then, and mm-hmm. uh, they had heavy metal bands playing loud rock music for hours and I thought I can do a better show than that and 
I'm not sure if I was right, but <laughs> well, it went on for a very yeah. long time. For those like of you, you not were. from New York, it's in Tompkins Square Park. Which now, thinking about throwing a festival there, I'm like, the permits must be crazy. Well, we outgrew the the Tompkins mm-hmm. Square Park, and then at one point they had a, a homeless riots in the East Village, and they didn't want us to give us permits. We were saying, no, 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 we're not homeless. We're homely. <laughs> we're not homeless. <laughs> and uh, you know, finally, one year we had to do it in Union Square. Oh, um, wow. Which was also problematic because it was it had been a junkie needle park, <laughs> yeah. and um, then it got cleaned up because of condos, mm-hmm. and <laughs> so uh, one queen that did not get booked tore up their beautiful flower bed surrounding oh. a fountain. <laughs> and it was like oh god, but luckily the spirit was so high that they took up donations and um, paid the park back for the flowers within an hour. Oh, oh wow! Wow! There you wow. go! Wow! Oh, that queen is she still around today? I'm not saying. The one. <laughs> no, I'm still friends with RuPaul. <laughs> um, that footage from the like the archive footage you got is so amazing. How yeah. did you? Is that all from that other documentary? The the other we, one, the Wake Sector '95 movie. Yeah, uh, no, most of it isn't. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, it's a mixed bag, but a lot of it was shot. The, the footage we used by uh, Nelson Sullivan, who mm-hmm. is a videographer uh, and a friend and roommate of, of Bunnies. Um, and Nelson shot everything in the '80s. Uh, really, like the the whole nightlife club scene, drag scene, all queer subculture was there with a the camera filming at a time when people didn't really film things like they do now yeah and, and and it was such a gift for the film uh nyu has the entire archive uh, nelson is no longer with us um but they allowed us to uh go through the hundreds of hours of this archival footage to help mm-hmm. make this movie and it really i think defines the film as a lot yeah. of young people who've never seen it in new york like this especially for me to see the east village in the 80s it's like so uh, eye-opening so yeah, it's, yeah it's cool. wild to see that yeah mm-hmm. it was crazy um so in the in the documentary you, you show a lot of like juxtapositions and parallels between modern day drag culture and the drag culture then why was that important for you to do that and also how do you think bunny how do you think it's changed between now and then Mm -hmm. i'll let you go sure yeah i mean it to me the whole project was about bringing the past and the present together i mean Mm -hmm. that was really like kind of what i was setting out to do that was what was most interesting for me, um, drag is wildly popular now, and a lot of young people who've grown up with it, who maybe just really just knew it from watching Drag Race or uh, makeup tutorials on YouTube, and for them to have access to this history was really important for, for a lot of them to see that drag that we know of, uh, really a lot of it did kind of have its origins in these clubs and in these bars in the East Village at the Pyramid Club and at Wigstock. And what was drag back then was very different in a lot of ways from the more professionalized version of what drag is now. And it's great that you can be a young person who wants to be a drag queen and imagine a career for yourself. That didn't necessarily exist back then. Uh, but back then it really was more of a art form and a way for people to get together and just pop off and have a great time. And uh, you really do, I think in the film, get to watch it evolve into the, the kind of contemporary version that we see now. Mm-hmm. Totally. And so, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, drag has changed in many ways. Uh, social media, uh, you know, you can film your number and, and use it as a demo reel or whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of ways it's changed. Of course, it's changed a lot because of drag race. Mm-hmm. And the difference between drag race drag and wig stuck drag, well, drag race doesn't feature many older performers. Um, drag race is not performance oriented. You only lip sync 
when you lose every other challenge. And while entertaining, these are not challenges faced by any real working drag queen. Mm-hmm. You know, make mm-hmm. a dress out of a newspaper or what are you <laughs> sitting on or whatever. So, you know, it's like, I, um, you know, that's that's one aspect uh, of it. Also, I think that the, the focus, because there are, it isn't a focus on performance, the focus is on looks and often very high-end looks with expensive lace front wigs, which the queens at Wigstock know good and well that you do not need to put together a, a wild performance. You need a kernel of something. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the look. The look is the first part. Then you walk out onto stage and what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How so, does it feel being such an icon to all the girls from Drag Race? And like you're spoken about on Drag Race as such a iconic. Why figure. shouldn't I be? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but how do you feel about I, I love it. Well, yeah, I mean, honey, it keeps your old name out there, doesn't it? And, you know, I'm friends with them and love a lot of yeah. them, too. So I work with them on the same circuit. So, you know, I I. I, I I love them all. And of course, Rue is an old, old friend. He likes to call me the oldest drag queen in the world. But in fact, she's older <laughs> and always will be. <laughs> I just can't afford Botox. Mm, there you go. <laughs> um, so speaking of Rue, how did you how did you and RuPaul get together? How did you meet? In Atlanta, Georgia mm-hmm. in like 82. And we were both go-go dancers for a band called the Now Explosion, which is kind of like a funkier version of the B-52s. They got a gig in New York and Ru and I came along. Ru also got a gig and had three other go-go dancers perform as his support acts in his show. So even then he was passing the buck to other queens <laughs> <laughs> under his wing. Uh, like he makes other queens do his videos yeah. now for his own music. That's novel, but it's not new. <laughs> there you go. Um, and so Bunny, you're from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yes. What was it like to grow up there? And when did you start doing drag yourself? You know, I was never in the closet, to Mm -hmm. be honest with you. And my parents were supportive. And, um, you know, I grew up watching the Beatles. So my hair was long. Mm -hmm. T-shirts were long covering, you know, like denim hot pants. So everyone just thought I was a girl. And I was doing drag at 10. (laughs) I was putting my... my, I I love Barbara Eden from My Dream of Jeannie. So uh, we had a snake, uh, a circus theme in first grade. And my mother made me like that red bolero and harem pants to... Uh, play a flute and the snake came out of a basket <laughs> as I was snake charming and I've charmed a few snakes since then mama <laughs> uh, but it was um, yeah, I mean so I, I you know people always somehow just tolerated me and you know I say I got over somehow maybe a mixture of wit or mm-hmm. just knowing who to mm. you know not not to mess with and who to mess with but so, I was on student council and I mean they knew I was a queen yeah mm. Yeah. So how did you wow. how did you two meet? How did you two get together and make this documentary? Well, th- I, we met through the process of uh, making this film, but there was a uh, earlier version. I think uh, Bunny, Neil Patrick Harris, David Burke had this idea. In addition to bringing the festival, reviving the festival back, uh, bringing the festival back was also something an opportunity to create a document of that. And I think it originated maybe is this going to be a series or reality show that's going to look at uh, the revival, but then also look at the history. Um, and then I was approached, and you know I make documentaries, and you know and I have a number of films that I've made that resemble this in a certain way in terms of like the things I'm interested in, the way I tell a story. And so it was just a kind of a natural kind of organic progression from the original idea to a version of the film that was I was more in line with my mm-hmm. own, my own work. He went from Lady Gaga to Lady Bunny, <laughs> yeah. a poor thing. Oh my gosh. 
There you go. And I'm you have a thing for, for the ladies, yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I actually do. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, so I really loved the, the documentary. Um, I actually yeah, so, like peripherally know Charlene Incarnate. Yeah. I'm good friends with Tyler Ashley. Okay, amazing. Um, yeah, I was gagged to see them both so featured so heavily. It was yeah. great. Yeah. Um, so how did you meet... Charlene. Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, lived in New York for 10 years. I have a lot of friends that are in the, the scene that Charlene comes out of. And so I knew Charlene sort of tangentially through friends. But when this film came about, I realized, okay, here's an opportunity to spotlight somebody that really is a you know an important voice in the community f- at this time right now. Because it really was about bringing the kind of uh, previous versions of Wigstock up to like, what does it look like to be part of the New York uh, drag underground now? Um, and has it changed? Uh, and how much is it really similar? So, you know, we all know that Drag Race kind of, in a way, kind of came out of the, the underground, and we, we know what that looks like, but I think for a lot of people who may not have access to the New York underground, it was kind of an opportunity to draw that line and, and make the point that, you know, the New York underground persists. Like, despite whatever happens, how popular drag race and drag does become there is always going to all kids are always going to be they may not be in the east village it may be in bushwick but uh it'll it'll still be popping off yeah. in its way and it'll still be experimental and dangerous yeah and the rents may drive them further and further out <laughs> yeah. into further jersey into Brooklyn, and i yeah. got an email the other day saying philly manhattan's fifth borough i was like uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. no mimi i'm first lives there. No, we're not going to philly. uh that's doesn't manhattan oh manhattan's fifth borough i was like isn't there already five boroughs no, <laughs> the sixth borough. Also, yeah. Philly is two hours away. Um, which is basically, which is basically where I live in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, had you heard of Bushwig before bringing back wig, Wigstock? Oh yeah, I performed at like I think three and maybe one in um, B- Berlin, and then the first year I went, I just went, and I think I just passed a torch <laughs> to Horror Chata, <laughs> and uh, it was the most pitiful. Uh, you know, abracadabra, you know, party <laughs> supply store torch, but it was symbolic. It's a torch. <laughs> and I mean, I think it meant something to them yeah, to, to, I'm to sure. have the old hag, you know, come out and, and, you know, grace their festival. So, hey, why wouldn't I? I mean, you know, yeah, I, there's no. no competition. And, you know, if, if, if we, stuck, we don't get it together to do it this year, I highly recommend Bushwig if you're in the mood for a drag festival because yeah. it is just as crazy, mm-hmm. if not crazier, as we were back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, that's the follow up. But do you think there'll be a Wigstock this year? I'm not sure. We we don't have a location, and I just I'm not sure. Um, we don't have sponsors, and we're getting started kind of late. And my parents aren't young. Yeah. Neither am I. So you know, it's like a, we we just don't know at this point. Yeah. Um. So I really I, lo- so. I really love the part in the film um, where it showed you releasing the balloons with the wig um, because of your friend who passed away from. AIDS complications. Donna Giles, great um, singer. Yeah. So I was curious, what was what was it like during that time when all your, a lot of your friends and a lot of people in your community were just dying and you didn't know what was going on? Well, it was awful. And yeah. unlike today, uh, AIDS was a death sentence mm-hmm. and people did drop like flies and it was never the ones you wanted to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, it was literally, you know, like you're seeing them out, you know, and like then they get a little bit thinner and then they're just gone. And, yeah. you know, it, it, 
you know, I was in denial because I am a little bit of a hypochondriac, and I remember the the guy that made the first Wigstock movie, Tom Rubinitz, um, which was a sh- film short. Um, he made shot Wigstock the fir- very first one, maybe the second one too, and the B fifty twos up in Woodstock, which Wigstock was mm-hmm. a, a kind of a goof on. So. He, you know, was dying of AIDS complications, and I was, I didn't visit him in the hospital the way that I should, because I was too scared to deal with the reality of, you know, you have it too, you know, Mm -hmm. because you're promiscuous, and at that point, we didn't even know exactly how it was spread, so, yeah, it was a, to have a, 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 a blight on something as natural as sexual, you know, attraction was devastating mm-hmm. and and I, it, I mean it was a panic it was fear i mean every um pimple was a lesion every mm-hmm. bruise was ks you know i mean it was you know every time you had diarrhea it was like this is what it's gonna be for the rest of my life <laughs> you know it's yeah. like you know it, you know every every fever you know was pneumonia yeah. i mean it was it was terrifying yeah Ugh. um i never lost the weight though I think that's a big issue now. I feel like there's because you know there's not a LGBT curriculum in high yeah. schools or middle schools growing up. So there's you just don't really learn. I feel like a lot of our generation is missing out on that information because you know perhaps the people that would have told us about certain things died. Yeah. Um, so I just think it's like, is there anything that you would want younger people to understand or that like? you feel like we're not fully aware of or or the biggest yes. thing that we're not yeah. fully aware of yeah um sure of course i mean you know i interviewed larry kramer many years ago and he asked me you know off the recording have you read his have i read his book faggots well i hadn't mm-hmm. and you know i still haven't so <laughs> at the same time and i respect him immensely at the same time would we like for you to know about stuff? Sure. But it's up to us to keep our stuff going and keep it out there because you can't just be cursing the kids. And, you know, I was, you know, kids, I don't mean to say kids, young adults or, or kids and young adults, it's in their nature to say, this is what I'm about. Oh, yeah. Well, they like house music. Well, guess what? I like rap music. <laughs> and they like, you know, uh, booger drag. Well, guess what? We like cyber contour and lace front wigs. I mean, you know, you can't you can't be preachy. You've got to <laughs> let people find, you know, their own way. Yeah. Because there, there was, right. a, I think there's a part in the documentary where someone was saying how we, even within this community, sometimes we will separate ourselves mm-hmm. and fight each other. But it's like, no, we need to come together and that other thing well i mean before i answer i want to say that the no with that said i think that the drag at the pyramid was 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 some of the greatest drag i've ever seen artists like anoni formerly anthony and the johnsons john sex dean johnson wendy wild you know one of the founders of, of wigstock um you know hattie hathaway who passed away this year i mean there were so many drag greats delight rupaul you know they, they got their start there mm-hmm. and um, so, you know, that was great, great drag. And it was, it had a current, it had a spark of silliness, uh, a spark of, you know, political, you know, mm-hmm. energy, a spark of vulgarity, mm-hmm. you know, zaniness, surreal, you know, so it, 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 it was like, but your question about the follow up question that I interrupted you and went into that spiel, 
Um, so I would love for, for people to know about it, uh-huh. you know, yeah. um, but I'm not going to beat them over the head with it because it didn't work when they tried to beat it over my head. With yeah. The, so, mm. But um, so, but the next thing that you ask, I didn't get that answer. I, it wasn't really much of a question. Yes, it was. <laughs> I want to answer all of it. it was all just, of it. It was just about, you know, I, I, I just want people within the community not to, to stop the, fighting amongst each other okay but, mm-hmm. but 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 one thing is we were in clubs we were physically together so whether it was body language or whether it was dancing together or drinking together or whatever we were in a community you know yeah. maybe you know i mean if it wasn't clubs the biggest place you would see gay men together was aa you know but it was a community of sorts and so now that clubs are are going going gone we don't have that anymore and we're not face to face with our community I like small towns where there's one gay bar and in bigger towns they splinter into bear bar twink bar lesbian bar you know trans bar or whatever but you know the community has been fighting itself about you know pronouns Mm -hmm. which you know can be very inflammatory when you can't read someone's tone in a tweet and you know they're actually saying you know something that's it you know if, if everything about their demeanor is kind or you know fun then then it takes on a totally different meaning if someone's saying something to you in a club mm-hmm. you know so I, I mean I, I saw a huge you know rift between drag queens and trans people which I don't understand because we've always been the closest out of anyone in the gay community to trans people it's gonna be drag queens because we work with them well and we know yeah. about hormones or prostitution or whatever we know about that and we don't care yeah yeah well there is a part in it where Charlene Incarnate says all drag queens are low-key trans women or they're not that good so you wouldn't agree with that well I checked into uh, an airport and they they said uh, you know uh, something about ma'am and I was like well I'm not wearing any articles of female attire any makeup mm-hmm. you know my own hair is a little longer than most men's but I wasn't trying to pass as a woman, so, but whatever it is, my energy or whatever, that's what she said. I wasn't trying to, hi, how are you? I'm just yeah. two bags to, you know, Sweden. You know, I wasn't trying to Copenhagen yeah. for my gender reassignment surgery. Yeah, so I wasn't trying to, you know, um, to, 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 to put on airs, but that's what she got from it, a total stranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was in Mexico, um, a bathroom attendant in the men's room came up to me like, uh, 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 like, what are you doing here? And said something about mujer, like going to the, wi- <laughs> the women's room. And then he looked at me, Thank like you. looked down at my, you know, chest and was like, oh, well, is that boobs? Well, may- while she's in here, I might as well screw her. So I was like, you know, wow, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, w- w- once you, you know, I mean, you know, so. What a fun ending to that story. Well, yeah, I, I, I didn't say how great he was in bed. On the toilet. He had a little cot in the maintenance room. Oh, he'd done it before. Room. A oh. little cot. Hot. Don't be d- dirty. T- <laughs> Disgusting. What? But yeah, I mean, of course there's similar er- elements between uh-huh. drag and trans, but we're so rigid with our boundaries of what is binary, what is, yeah. you know, gender. I mean, I, I personally don't feel the need for that, although I know I'm gender non-binary. And to be honest with you, my many dear trans friends, always say girl when are you going to transition you know and I mean I'm not but yeah. you know that the, they, yeah. they sense that energy in me and they sense a kinship that no chart delineating you are this you are that that you got in gender studies class is ever going to you know come don't try to erase my experience with trans yeah. people because you will there's there's <laughs> yeah there's like a, such a discussion about like political correctness right now and I think everyone's a little Tiptoeing, not wanting to offend anyone. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. you. 
Mm-hmm. And if that's the trans people the in my life at any point say, "Bunny, this is wrong. Don't do this. You're going to lose me as a friend." I'm all ears. Yeah, I think that's the best thing you can do is just listen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's also a younger versus older thing where the mm-hmm. younger are more politically correct than the than the older. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Fair. <laughs> it is. Well, it's like you tweet something and it fucking goes viral for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, I'm looking trying to stop tweeting those Not me in general. Yeah. People in general. <laughs> right. I go viral for the right reasons. Uh, so how long had you started working on this documentary uh, before it came out on HBO? Like, it's, well, it's been about a year. Yeah. Oh, really, wow. Like almost exactly a year from when we just started having conversations about it, started shooting. I mean, I, I start editing as soon as I start shooting. That's kind of my way to find the story. So that whole process is all one and the same. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of doing the exploratory filming just to learn the story and, and figure out who the characters are, especially with something like this. There's no like real essential truth here. There's no one story. I mean, it could be a million different movies uh, dealing with a lot of different people. And that was also very important to me. It's like the, the people who end up in the film or who are represented, it's somewhat random. I mean, there is a thread you're following, but you're, there's so many important people that contributed to the community that aren't in the film because you have 90 minutes and you have to kind mm. of make some, you know, you have to make the most out of the amount of time you have and the people that you're working with. But uh, yeah, it, it, it Part was... Part two. It was, it'll be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a TV um, show. Director's mm-hmm. cut. It, it's packed. It's jam-packed with like incredible characters and incredible stories. And, yeah. And some New York classic performers like Lipsinka, Joey Arias, some new girls from New York some you know, that you may not have seen, uh, some older girls that ain't new, but they're new to many, mm-hmm. and uh, then some of the drag race queens. And, you know, I, I thought it was good to mix it up. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a lovely mix. No, yeah. Um, uh, this is another part about the documentary. I'm curious to know. Um, so Wigstock ended like right post 9-11. Um, it was like five days before, right? Was the last one? Yes. Yes, it was. Great, yeah. and, the, and the, there's photos with the World Trade Center in the background of yeah. all of us on the pier. Yeah, that was wild. Um, why Why do you think it stopped after that? Um, because it rained two years in a row before that year, and uh-huh. we just lost our shirts, our dresses. Excuse oh. me. <laughs> I don't know if that's a gender appropriate. Okay. Um, oh, there you go. Okay. So, yeah, it, it, it rained, and we just couldn't afford to do it and uh it was it was people still came in the rain which was great thousands of them but not not like it was and we lost a fortune mm-hmm. uh. chris did you include that part with um charlene taking a shower about lady gaga because mm-hmm. because i'm a lady huge gaga, gaga stand yeah <laughs> no not really mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i was uh shooting with them for a long time in their mm-hmm. home and i know that house i've been hanging out at that house for years you know before i even started filming this so um, I felt very comfortable in that space, and Charlene and I are friends, and it just seemed like the kind of conversation that would happen in a really natural way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think pe- Charlene is obviously very outspoken and very political, and they know that side of her, and she obviously represents that way in, in the movie, but it was also cool to just watch her, like, kicking with her girlfriend, mm-hmm. taking a shower, talking about being a Lady Gaga fan. It's like, that's just very normal and real and what we can all sort of relate to, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you were a Lady Gaga stan... Before you made Before the Lady Gaga movie. documentary? Yeah, 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 of course. I mean, not like, obviously, now I'm like much more intimately connected to her and her story. Mm-hmm. I was a fan, like a lot of people. I liked the yeah. music. I, I was always really impressed with like how she presented herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought she was cool, and I was happy to have the opportunity to like get to know her better. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I love both those documentaries. Thank you. <laughs> so, Lady Bunny. Do um, a mashup. Oh, there you go. Lady <laughs> Bunny, Lady Gaga collaboration. I would watch it. Our right, listen to it. <laughs> Um, so Lady Bunny, um, where can our listeners find you? Are you any reoccurring shows, social media? 
I am uh, Lady Bunny on Facebook, uh, official underscore Lady Bunny on Instagram, mm-hmm. which I don't really know how to use, but I do post a lot. There you go. And um, I can't understand you kids with your stories because it's like, why would you post something that's going to disappear in 24 hours? I don't do Snapchat <laughs> either because you know, why bother? If, it's, I if don't I send them a nude, either. they're going to l- turn it off within seconds anyway. <laughs> so... Um, uh, and, and I'm banned from Twitter after Bianca tweeted about her play in L- musical in London. I said, I'm going to go s- see you, Lezer. I got my <laughs> tickets. I was in, in England. I did get tickets and I was trying to be supportive. And they, Twitter banned me saying that that was hate speech. So Twitter How is long policed permanently. First they suspended me, then two days later. So if y'all are listening and you enjoyed me on Twitter, well, I certainly enjoyed Twitter, uh, you know, hashtag Jack or Free Lady Bunny or whatever, because the gay, <laughs> yeah. Twitter is now policing the gay community against mm-hmm. itself. I guess he doesn't understand that Lezer is slang for lesbian. Yeah, did Bianca's they not, not even a Bianca? woman. No, they don't. That's the secret of Facebook and Twitter. They don't hire staff. They just get flagged. You know, they, they flag you if, if you know, they see do spot checks and see a certain word. And they, maybe they're in India or China mm. in a call center. You know, we don't know. But um, they don't staff. You know, so that's that's the secret of their business model, which I think is rotten because, yeah. like I say, I enjoy Twitter. And they got this one dead wrong. Yeah, and, and for things, the that's the thing them. that gets yeah. you banned? That's crazy. Well, when they've got Nazis and filth I know. on there. And leather so, at wh- Bianca Del Rio gets someone banned permanently for life? That is insane. Well, I mean, I can't even look at Twitter in the airport because of all the big, gigantic, you know what's flopping on my feed. Oh, yeah. I know. It's always so <laughs> shocking. It's always so shocking. Like, they can they allow porn on Twitter. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm just I'm totally scrolling. fine with it. But it's just like I'm at work scrolling on Twitter. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, someone's blowing a guy. I'm fine with it too. That's yeah. why I like their uh, page. And now you're <laughs> but it's Any shows? Yes. Um, El Paso this weekend with a, Alexis Mateo and a Texas, uh, wonderful Texas uh, legend named Tasha Cole, who's known for her big blonde wigs. We have Texas listeners. Do you? And then where else? Gosh, everywhere. It's a this big month. This is Pride yeah. Week. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's a lot's going on. Yeah. Pride is exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun, but it's... It's been a big one. It's yeah. exhausting. Yeah, yeah. It is exhausting. There's there's the, the gay pride itself. Is, I'm going to be DJing on a float. <laughs> and then there's a reclaim pride, like not counter march. Yeah. They're, they, they're, they're aware of each other and, yeah. and mm. you know, whatever. So I guess just one's like corporate sponsored and one is not. One's trying to be more grassroots without mm-hmm. the corporate sponsors yeah. and without... The corporate sponsors are heavy. That's what we were talking about. Stonewall, the sign is covered with a Love Wings JetBlue <laughs> sign. And I wow. was like, that is I didn't even notice insane. that. I was just there last night. I'm glad yeah. they got their paycheck, but Love Wings is just not a good... Love Wings. Well, MasterCard uh, changed this, this gay street, which intersects Stonewall with uh, 10 different signs saying, you know, non-binary, intersex. Oh, my you know, God. Th- How are you th- supposed th- to know it, where to it, go? Well, I mean, <laughs> but that's, a, that's a small price to pay for inclusivity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that's all pansexual. I was like, mm-hmm. maybe that's what I am because I love anything in a frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the yeah, it's, it's, it's. It's 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 much. It's mm-hmm. it is much, and it doesn't make you feel necessarily proud to see a Red Bull or Sprint float with straight Go Go Boys dancing yeah. on it. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I like to see the queens of Ecuador who are just like, we can't do this in our country, so we're gonna yeah. be. One year they did yellow, all yellow bugle bees, and I was like, these people are proud. Yeah, yeah, you know? totally. That's what we were. No talking one's paying about. them to do this. Mm-hmm. 
That's what we're like. If some place doesn't have a pride flag, if some every place has a pride flag, I'm like, ugh, just using it to monetize. But if some place doesn't have the pride flag, I'm like, well, <laughs> well, what about Look Taylor Swift's <laughs> new song? Oh, that yeah. Everyone's buzzing about. Mm-hmm. Every everyone is in it too. Uh huh. What do you think about it? Um. You know, my my initial thing was to share memes that mm-hmm. that uh, said, you know, Taylor Smith Smith threw the first bachelorette party at Stonewall. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, you know, and, and I did not like it at all when Taylor's recent album, you know, she moved to New York into a loft, mm-hmm. yeah, and. Uh, um, they because she had some New York theme song. They dubbed her the ambassador of New I York, know. and we were like, "Oh, when she girl, no! Her. What about? I mean, anybody but you? You know, <laughs> it's try like, back a lot. C- come on." So, th- you know, then I started thinking about it. And a lot of people were defending her, and I thought, "Well, here's what is she using gay stuff to to sell records? Yes. Probably, but." She did direct funds and people to sign a petition. And after I posted something about the House passing the equality bill, um, which needs to now go to the Senate, um, no one shared that on my Facebook page. A few people liked it. So is Taylor... They loved the next post, which was about a Florida man on meth who had oral sex with an alligator. But, um, you know, is Taylor doing more than we are with this silly video? Maybe. Because if we're not petitioning, signing petitions, and we are, you know, gay people, and she's straight, I mean, that's kind of pitiful. I don't think we're fighting much. Mm -hmm. You know, these. I think we're still very, very comfortable. And do we need an AIDS tragedy or a Stonewall, you know, assault um, an ensuing riot, or um, you know, some, or, or or Trump going you know nuts on our community, or mm-hmm. you know. well, I think that we kind of had that with the pulse shooting, and you know, then the real uh, the election of mm-hmm. Donald Trump. But I did I wanted to share with you the Onion article about the Taylor Swift video because I just posted it. it was a uh, Taylor Swift inspires teen to come out as straight woman needing to be at center of gay rights narrative. Right. <laughs> well, I saw that. I shared that too. Well, you know, I'm going to use this Pride season to come out myself as straight. <laughs> That's the real gay. Yeah, I like I oh like girls. I like girls. Yes, wow. not just girls' clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I like to get them out of their clothes and then woo. <laughs> then I like to turn them onto poppers and then take their clothes. clothes. Yeah, yeah Chris you're is getting. Like, why aren't we talking about wigs? No, I'm like, why aren't we talking about poppers? Now <laughs> I'm suddenly actually we should Chris do poppers was on, on air. poppers when he was editing wig. Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> I'm on poppers right now. Yeah. Uh, was, here you uh, go. <laughs> you know they're making like a designer poppers in mm-hmm. Austin. I don't remember the of guy's name, but he presents are. them. Presents them to me. Austin's like a Brooklyn city. Yeah. yeah. How much are designer poppers going to cost? He gave them to me. Oh. oh. Well, I was on my knees. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was the brand? Can we plug it? Is it Double Scorpion? I don't know. That's he said I'm they on were their designer. float. In <laughs> oh, New really? York City. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Chris, where can our listeners find you on social yes. media? I'm, uh, it's Digital Perm is uh-huh. my uh, Instagram uh-huh. account. And uh, that's about it. I mean, I'm on Facebook like as my name. But I really, for whatever reason, Instagram really like captured my imagination. Mm-hmm. I think because it's more visually driven. Mm-hmm. And like Twitter, it was a lot of verbiage for me. Yeah. But I was able to like... Like just it was the gent. I mean, it's it's changed a lot, obviously. But I was like p- kind of early in terms of my friends on Instagram, and I just mm-hmm. really enjoyed like the gentleness of the, uh, you know, just post a picture when you want to. But uh, it's one of those things where I was digital perm. I had like you know a couple hundred followers, and never imagined like 
fast forward eight years later, I would still be digital perm. Mm -hmm. Like it was kind of like this joke. And now people come up to me and they're like, digital perm. (laughs) It really is like, like, are you talking about my hair? I was trying to find you and I couldn't. Wait, really? Yeah. Digital perm girl. Yeah. And where can we watch um, wig? So Wig is uh, just premiered last night mm-hmm. on HBO, uh, last night at 10 p.m., and it'll continue to be on HBO, HBO Now, uh, it's HBO on HBO Go. Go. I watched it's on it HBO late, Go. Late yeah, mm-hmm. and it's actually screening tonight, uh, and there are still tickets if anybody wants to come, but uh, as part of Out Cinema. So at 7.30 tonight in New York City, if you want to come, there's still tickets. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. And where can we find ourselves? I don't know. Uh, everyone's gay on Instagram, or you can email us at gay at betches.com. Yep. Cool. So thank you both so much for coming in and coming on. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank yeah. you for having us. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, iconic. I'm still gagged. <laughs> <laughs> What happened to your long, strong, healthy-looking hair? Bitch, who are you talking to? You need Sugar Bear Hair Chewy Vitamins. It's absolutely the best way I know to get longer, stronger, healthier, and beautiful hair. Look at how long my hair got. No, horse hair, some might say. It was buzzed, and now it's not. And while you're there, I want you to check out another awesome product from Sugar Bear Hair. I'm talking about women's vegan multivitamins from Sugar Bear Hair. I don't take those. <laughs> Just two sweet gummy bites a day. Give you what your body craves to help you become the healthiest, best version of you. Also, it's vegan. Sometimes vegans are like missing shit. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. Scientifically formulated with essential vitamins and minerals often lacking in women's diets. See? Oh, my God. I knew it. I knew it. You knew. Contains a total of 16 nutrients designed to promote total body wellness. Sugar Bear Hair and the new woman's vegan multi is the amazing way to get a little bit of everything your body needs in just two sweet gummy bites. And I don't know which ones I'm supposed to be taking or not, but I've tried them all and they're delish. They are delish. Go to sugarbearhair.com slash gay for amazing hair and a healthier you. That's sugarbearhair.com slash gay. Sugarbearhair.com slash gay. So you guys just listened to the interview with Lady Bunny and Chris Mookerbowl, who mm-hmm. I want to marry. Mm-hmm. Um, oh shit! I hope they when they listen to this, <laughs> we can cut out the part where I said no. I we're marry leaving him. in the part where you want to marry him. Um, we, I mean, he, 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 look them both up because Lady Bunny is amazing. But look up Chris because he's quite handsome and he's also amazing. And amazing, um, and he directed Gaga Five too during that entire interview. <laughs> so Brian had to fucking carry it because I between Lady Bunny and him both in the same room uh-huh. i was uh a little bit overloaded mm-hmm. I, I like the necklace he was wearing it was like this chain necklace we'll take okay, we'll post a picture that's guys my husband's so stop talking about it okay um chris do you want to read the last um, question yes okay queens i need help i hope you're having a nice pride girls <laughs> i have a question i'm 21 years old and in july i'm gonna be 22 i would like to take advantage of that day to come out i do not know if it is a good idea since my mother is very conservative but I suspect she already knows, but ignores the situation. Kisses. Love the podcast. I guess there's not really a question here. Not much of a question. No, I I understand what he's insinuating for us to talk about. Yeah. Well, I think he wants us to talk about coming out on your Mm -hmm. birthday. And I say, (laughs) don't do that. Wait. So you can have a separate holiday. (laughs) Yeah. Separate holiday. Also maybe, no, I don't know. Do whatever you want, but maybe, I don't know. Do whatever you want. When it, okay, but in terms of the timing you want to come out. But I always think the sooner the better. I agree. 
because this could be your first birthday out. It could be your first birthday out. Why wait till you're 22? And if you're like, I understand. I feel like there's some. There's obviously such a worry about being ostracized from your family. But if it's also a financial financial situation as well, like if your parents are supporting you and you're worried about if you came out that they may not, I understand wanting to perhaps hold that off until you feel more comfortable. However, I don't think that there's ever a wrong time to do it. And if you feel like you're ready, living in the closet is one of the fucking worst things in the world. It's a nightmare. It is a nightmare. It is such a nightmare that when I try and think about me being closeted, I feel like I've blocked that out of my memory. Yeah. I did barely remember my middle school years. Sometimes when I'm feeling sad now, I'm like trying to remember when I, how I felt then. I know. Yeah. But you know, now I really can't, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I've burned too many brain cells to remember before I was 21. I just think it's, you have to remind your, whoever you're coming out to your mother that you love her. And that you're the same person. Yeah. You just like sucking dick. Maybe don't phrase it that way. Don't say that. Um, but yeah, it's by the sounds of it, you're ready to come out. If you're writing into a gay podcast and asking about coming out and I calling think, us girls and saying kisses, love the podcast. She already knows. Yeah. She may know. And maybe she's waiting for you to tell her. Maybe, th- maybe you guys will be closer afterwards. I know that my mother and I became very close. Um, I mean, we are, we are always close, but now our relationship is close in a different way ever since I've come out yeah. and same thing with like the major- a lot of people in my family, my brother, especially my brother was always like, you know, um, it was, it's weird. Brian and I never talk about girls or anything or like, I don't know what to talk about with Brian. And then when I came out, it like kind of like lifted this like veil between us. Mm. If that makes sense. When you're in the closet. Yeah. You're keeping yourself at a distance, I think from everybody in mm-hmm. your life. And it makes, it just makes it a little, it yeah. just makes like all of your relationships a little healthier because it's easier to be honest with those people. Yeah. And the longer you live in the closet, the longer those, uh, mental, all that shit's going to fuck you up for longer. Mm-hmm. So come out now, have a good birthday. Mm-hmm. Let us know how it goes. Yeah. Just make, just be like, I'm unhappy because I'm in the closet and you don't know about it. And now, and I want to be happy. You know, like, I think if you make it about your happiness, too, like, your mother just wants you to be happy, hopefully. Yeah. Or save it for your birthday and be like, it's my birthday. You can't fucking ruin this for me. (laughs) It's my birthday. I'll be gay if I want to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll come out on my birthday, too. Yeah. We'll see. Come out where? If I'm ready. To what? Of the closet. Oh. As a homosexual. (laughs) I thought you meant, like, come out to Fire Island or... (laughs) Because I I just didn't understand what you meant because... Yeah, maybe I will come out to Fire Island for my birthday. That was two months ago. You bitch. (laughs) Oh, fuck. I missed it. You fucking bitch. Um, If you want to send us your listener questions, you can DM us at Everyone's Gay on Insta mm -hmm. or email us at gayatbetches.com. Yeah. Um, Chris, do you have any shows? Um, I have one on July 1st somewhere (laughs) just check my instagram i ask you this every week and you are i need to come never aware (laughs) but i do because i always have just check my insta (laughs) follow the insta and i will post them okay all right Bye. bye betches